y'all. It's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope you're doing well and your summer is going great. And uh, today is going to be a standalone episode, but I just want to briefly talk to you today about a topic that is, some might say, highly controversial. It's one that, that I've kind of put a stake in the ground and have made my decision and pretty much am living my life based on this decision beyond salvation. Many of you know that I work in a pro-life organization, and I'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute and what all that entails that I do as it pertains to where we are in, in the United States now, in this time that we are living in, that some are now saying is a post-Roe v. Wade America. And while that's exciting and an answer to prayer for many of us, I am not naive in thinking that there may be some that tune in every week to Let's Be Real, that this decision either unnerves or they disagree with or they don't understand or they see it as a detriment to women's rights and women's health. And wherever you stand on this issue, if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, if you consider yourself a child of God, then this Supreme Court decision demands a response. And a response that should be following down the way of what God says is right and true, not what the political world says is right and true, not what your friends say is right and true, but what God says. We've been commanded to follow Him and to follow His ways. And as a child of God, as a believer, we are a part of the church the Church of Jesus Christ, the Big C Church. And hopefully, everyone that's listening is plugged in to a local church body where you can live out these principles that I'm about to discuss with you. But as the Church of Christ, the global church, those who say that we are Jesus followers, we must respond, and we must respond in a way that will glorify God. So with that being said, I want to go into this with the context of then what should we do? If we are, we are Americans, if you're listening and you live in America, we now live in a country that abortion is no longer a constitutional right. And that decision has been um, given back to the states. Democracy will work when the populations of the states, the people of the states will go and will vote, and will vote in the people that they want into their legislatures that will make the decisions that they want to be made. For me, as a person who proclaims to be pro-life, I will go to my polls and I will vote for pro-life candidates so that I could see more pro-life laws and bills come to pass in the state that I live in. But as the church, we have a responsibility. And that responsibility is twofold. It's number one, to love God. 
with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, as Scripture tells us. And then our second responsibility is to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And so how do we love a neighbor, another individual in our community who is facing an unplanned pregnancy? How do we love our neighbors who disagree with our pro-life or our pro-choice, pro-abortion beliefs? After the decision at the end of June to overturn this 49-year-old law of the land of Roe v. Wade, I have had many ask, what do we do? And so I am taking some points from an article that I read from Dr. David Platt. He is a pastor up in Virginia, a pastor, a preacher of the gospel that I respect. I have sat under his teaching in person at different conferences. I listen to his weekly podcast. And so I agree with what he has laid out for the church to do. How will the church respond? And so I want to highlight those things. And then I want to tell you a little bit more about what the organization I work for, what we do, and how you can become involved. Okay, so Dr. Platt encourages the church to praise God, that for the first time in almost 50 years in the United States, it is no longer seen as a constitutional right for people to take the lives of children in their mother's womb. Scripture tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, comes from God's hand. We also learned a couple of weeks ago in our study of Psalm 139 is that every person in their mother's womb is, are fearfully and wonderfully made by Creator God. So this decision is something we can praise God for. The next thing we do is that we can pray that in the days to come, abortion would not only be illegal across our nation of states, but unthinkable across our minds and hearts. Because we can't legislate change of heart. But as the church... We have been tasked with going into all the world and proclaiming the gospel, preaching the gospel, baptizing, and discipling. And so, as the church, we can disciple and teach how God views life and pray for a change of our hearts and our minds. The third thing we can do is that we can love women with unwanted pregnancies who feel like abortion is their only hope. And we can love women who feel like they have just lost hope, especially as they watch those of us who are pro-life celebrate this ruling. Not only, only do we love women, we also love men involved in these pregnancies. And then we love every person who views abortion differently than we do. The fourth thing, according to Dr. Platt, that the church can do is commit our lives and families and church families in a fresh way to care for those with unwanted pregnancies. Commit to serve them, honor them, work for their sake, and address all the reasons, whether that's personal, relational, social, economic, educational, spiritual, or otherwise, that would lead them to desire abortion. We can commit to provide the support that they need to care for their children, or when that is not possible, is God calling some of us to provide for their children directly through foster care or, and or adoption? And then finally, 
our last response can be to proclaim the hope that is found in Jesus alone, the Creator who came to us as a baby in a mother's womb to love us, to care for us, to live for us, and to die so that everyone who hopes in Him across our nation, our world even, might have abundant life for all of eternity. So those are five things that the church, followers of Jesus Christ can do. Praise God, pray that abortion becomes unthinkable in our hearts and minds, love women and men affected by unwanted pregnancies, love people who think differently than us, commit to caring for those with unwanted pregnancies and supporting them in any way that we can, thinking outside the box of what we're used to. And then we can proclaim the hope that is found in Jesus, the hope that I have, that you have. Let's commit to proclaiming that. As I've thought about this in the last several weeks, I go to work every day at what is known as a crisis pregnancy center, a pregnancy medical clinic. And there are so many misconceptions about what it is that a crisis pregnancy does. But there are over 3,000 of these pregnancy centers around the United States. And we are not fake clinics. I know that the clinic that I work for is not a fake clinic. Our medical services are overseen by a medical doctor, licensed and insured. Our medical services are administered by licensed and insured registered nurses and LPNs. All of the medical information that we are giving out to our patients that we see are medically accurate. They have been reviewed by our medical director and our board of directors for accuracy, honest information, scientific, evidence-based resources. We do not coerce those that come through our doors into choosing to carry and parent their child and then leaving them to do it on their own. We love our patients regardless of whatever decision they make. While we don't perform or refer for abortions at our pregnancy medical clinic, we do educate them on what abortion is. We give them medically accurate information about the procedures if they choose to hear it. We educate them about adoption. What does that mean? What does that loving choice entail? And then if they choose to carry and parent their child, we have wraparound resources to come alongside them throughout their pregnancy. So while the mainstream media while the pro-abortion community would like to discredit everything that pregnancy centers are doing, we are going through our doors each and every day. We're unlocking those doors. We're turning our lights on. We are opening up to our community and meeting their needs in tangible and practical ways. And we will continue to do it. So I encourage you, if you are listening, wherever you are listening, Find the nearest pregnancy medical clinic, pregnancy center. A lot of them, like us, run on donations from the private sector. All of their financial resources come from individuals, small businesses, local churches. Many of them are resourced 
through volunteer support. We are blessed to have a staff of 11 women on our staff, but there are some pregnancy centers who are running primarily off of volunteer help. So there is a place for you to get plugged in and leverage for God's glory, your time, talent, and even your treasure to help those who find themselves in an unwanted pregnancy right there in your community. I encourage you to call them up, check out their websites, their Facebook pages, whatever it is that they get information out, go to one of their fundraisers, be involved, because if God calls us to do these things that Dr. Platt encouraged us to do, a direct bridge to doing those things is your local pregnancy center. So I encourage you to get involved. And that's not out of selfish ambition from me. It's just out of a fellow believer who at one point in my life, nine years ago, was compelled by the Holy Spirit to get involved. So what better time than now when the need is so much greater than it was just a month ago to get involved? I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to love those around you, even those who have a different view than you. In that, we glorify God. And in that, He is honored. And in that, we become stronger together. All right, friends, thank you for allowing me to give you that commentary today. And um, next week, I'll be back with another episode and I can't wait to meet you here then and see what God has in store for us. Go and be real in your world today. You won't regret it. Have a great week. God bless. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you have been encouraged by our time together. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus is so important to me. And I want to share with you that you can have a relationship with Jesus just like I have a relationship with Jesus. There are three easy steps to finding that relationship. Number one, admit that you are a sinner. Number two, believe on Jesus as the only one who can save you because he lived a perfect life He died on a cross, he was buried in a tomb, and then three days later, he arose from the dead, victorious over sin and death. Believe that he did that for you. And then the third thing to do is to confess. Confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior. It's as easy as that. I want to encourage you, if you have not made that decision to follow Christ and go into a relationship with him, Will you do that today? Will you ask Jesus to come in and be a part of your life, to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to be in charge? If you have made that decision today, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com so that I can be encouraging you, praying for you, and sending you some resources to help in your new walk with Christ. Check out more encouraging gospel-centered podcasts on the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network 
at kingdomrock.org. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.